You just don't understand why I'm right. I wish you could try to see this from my perspective. Why can't you just let me have this one? If you have ever found yourself thinking or saying any of these phrases, you're probably going to want to stay tuned. Then, at the end of today's show, because I'm in California, there's something you need to know that, honestly, you might never want to go back to Disneyland or Disney World ever, 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 ever again. I always want to go to Disney. I know. So there's still the joy. Uh, honey, I don't think you, you don't know what the, the weird news is. And I think you're going to get freaked out. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. I'll just go with the hazmat suit or gloves or something. Cause that probably has something to do with cleanliness or something. Yeah. Well, Hey, Amy. Yes. Why don't you let everybody know about our two for one special at Smalley Institute. Wait, what? Are you talking about that? If they buy one pursue oneness, they get another one for free. Yeah. So where like, can they go? Um, smalleyinstitute.com. Yeah, and what promo code do they use? Pursue, P-U-R-S-U-E, Yes. Well done. That's like your first ad you've ever done. I, I love it. I can do it with you. It's awesome. Okay. And you, yes, you can do it with me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> Well, you know, God bless us. You know, I'm tired. Yes. You know that this is actually Saturday morning. <laughs> and you also know that after speaking, oh, I don't know, eight hours yesterday, yeah. I got back to the hotel. Yeah. It was 1030 at night here, which meant 1230 in the morning in Texas. Yes. And because I love our listeners, you I do. recorded, You're I recorded. The Friday yeah. podcast and posted it. But in my delirium, yes. I somehow didn't record it and ended up accidentally reposting an old one. And so here we are, Saturday morning. So thank you because I could not do it alone again. Yay! Yeah, that would have been too depressing. All, All right. right. No, I'd love to be a helper. All right. So today we're calling this one Do You Ever Feel Controlled? And I want to let you know, this had nothing to do with you. There's no <laughs> passive aggressiveness. Uh, thank you. All right. So let me read this quote from Stephen Betchen, and uh, I think from Psychology Today. Control struggles between partners are often the ruin of a couple. But what is a battle for control in the context of a relationship? When I introduce this concept in couples therapy, there's usually a negative reaction. It seems to stir up visions of fascism or a power-crazed individual. To me, however, the control process is descriptive of a dynamic in which two partners take an immovable stance on one or more issues deemed important enough to bring them to treatment. The context of the struggle may range from something relatively minor, such as the purchasing of a car, to the number of children a couple should have. Uh. So today, Amy, as you're looking at the notes... Mm -hmm. on yeah. smallinstitute.com because I had already posted the notes just with the wrong show. There are five massive consequences to a controlling relationship, right? Like one, I mean, we obviously, I, 
I know that you have felt controlled over the years from time to not, I don't think I'm hyper controlling. Am I? No, I, I, no, I don't think you are. I think more that's probably me being controlling because I want things done a certain way or because I to be done a certain way or that has, yes, that's the biggest thing. But because we've had, um, basically the stance that the customer's always right. And the customer means the person that's talking and we discuss things better then these things don't really, haven't really, I don't feel like taken absolute root in our marriage or in our relationship, but in other relationships, maybe. Uh, I can totally see this. Well, no, and I know there are people listening that feel incredibly controlled, but here's here's why you want to address if if you are in one or maybe you're listening and you're realizing, dang, I am kind of controlling, or I've heard that, right, all my life, and right. lots of people. Here's five massive consequences. The first one is a controlling type of relationship tends to lead to apathy, which right. is the opposite of love, apathy. And I think <clears throat> I think it leads to apathy because, well, what does it matter? I don't right. I don't have a choice. So I should just well, quit. I'm gonna be wrong. I, whatever it is, I'm gonna be wrong. Or my, my thinking is wrong, my decisions are wrong. I so don't I'm, have a choice. Right. I don't ever have a say in the matter, so I give up. Right. Yeah. What's the yeah. second one? Distrust. Now the, yeah. Why would I, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to trust you because I think that you're just going to argue your way out of it. Or you tell oh, me that's I'm, good. Yeah. So distrust <clears throat> in a controlling relationship is like, um, yeah, those negative. I, I, yeah, I would think being a controlling person or being married to a highly would lead to a lot of intense negative beliefs. Say, I kind of want to run through these because I want to have sympathy for the person that's actually being controlling. Well, that so kind of feels controlling. Because, I know. Well, but because I feel bad because I get it. There is. There's apathy. There's distrust. This is where domestic violence starts coming. Well, in. wait, wait. No, we can't just skip the domestic violence one. Okay. I want, I want, especially right. young ladies, young ladies, yes. if you're dating a man that's highly control, like highly controlling, you know. Not just a type A person, but really you feel intensely controlled. I'm just telling you that tends to lead to domestic violence and marriage. So you you really need to think through dating someone that's that feels highly controlling. But it does. You're right. It wears you down, which is number four. And ultimately, it's a sad. Not only can you you land in apathy, but you know you can become disgusted by each other. Just sick and tired of each other going, oh my gosh, can you ever back off or back down? Or why does it, you know, why do you always have to be right? Right. And and I'm sure the controlling person <clears throat> it somewhat feels like, why don't you just believe me? Why don't you just trust what I'm saying is right? Because I am right. You are trying to have a lot of empathy for controlling people. I know. Is there something you want to talk about? Well, I just feel bad because I, I feel like that this is this is the deal. To be honest, I have come across fairly controlling over the years. And a lot of it has to do with, I truly do feel like my 
thinking is truly right. And it's hard for me to talk about feelings when I really want something accomplished. Okay. And if I want something accomplished, then that can come across as very controlling because I don't think about people's feelings. I just want to accomplish a goal. So hold on. You just said something super interesting. You said that over the years I've come across, but what it's that you're, you're thinking I'm, you know, I'm correct in this idea or this thought But it doesn't sound like your intention is to be controlling. It's not so much about I want to control the other person. It's that I'm super passionate about my opinion or my belief. Yes, and the belief of that it needs to be done this way. Or it could even be my opinion. Yeah, my opinion about a situation. And I, yeah, it's it's not... I think a lot of times, and I say this a lot, um, I think a lot of times people can have, okay, some people, okay, because there's, there's ranges of control, just like there's ranges of, you know, self-centeredness and, you know, not being able to be empathic. So there's, there's ranges of that, but people that are able to be empathic and want to have good relationships, those, even those type people sometimes have a good heart, but really bad execution. And I mean, I will go back to, I know this is going to sound, you know, and, and our son Cole will just be like, Oh my gosh, is there ever going to get off that? But I can remember feeling, I was very, very controlling for Cole, not brushing his teeth. Yes. I remember those traumatic times. It was a very, very big deal. Okay. And, and a part of it was why? Because I wanted to be a good mother. And because I wanted to be a good mother, teaching your children how to brush their teeth and to brush their teeth daily is a very big deal. And not doing that. No well, and your family has some pretty intense teeth issues. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, yes. You and have you, you have very nice teeth. Wherever you go. And your teeth are very nice. <laughs> how, how much longer are we going to talk about teeth? Sorry, sorry, but but I came across very, very controlling with Cole, and I had to own that later, and I had to let it go, and I had to say, you know what, you know, if he grows up and, you know, if he has to go to the dentist and has cavities or whatever, maybe he might have to pay for the, you know, whatever, but... Well, I mean, I think... Cole doesn't have... He has good teeth. I think part of the problem, too, as you know, is, you know, just if, if you're listening and you're like, crud... You know, I'm kind of like that, or I'm like Amy. <clears throat> what I used to warn is that it, it obviously is it an evil thing to want your child to do a good job brushing his teeth. No, that's why these little issues can get difficult because it feels like, well, this is a good thing, but we can end up if we are coming across controlling, we can end up sabotaging the very thing that we wanted. Right uh-huh. now, we've kind of become a stumbling block. There's that good Christian term. You are so right, Michael. You, I know that that happened with Cole. I mean, yeah, I, now it's just, I'm not doing it because you can't control me. And, and then it, exactly. and then they become immature. Right. So right. how are we, how do we release control? Hmm. First, well, love, yeah, you're going to read I it? I love the First Peter 5, 7, where it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give it to God. Oh, 
that is so difficult to do, but so necessary. And if, and if we are trying to become more and more Christ-like, then we need to act like Christ, which means that we engage in our relationship with God when we're feeling either controlled or we're feeling out of control in our controlling. We're feeling like, oh my gosh, but I am right. And I know that if this person would just do what I say, they would have such a a better attitude. Or if they just agreed with me, they just went with my thinking, they would be so much better off. But that's in fact not true because what am I missing out on? A, I'm missing out on, and I'm saying basically, I know this is going to hurt and it hurts me too, is this basically it's saying I am God and I know what's best for you and I know what you need. And so you just need to listen to me and you're replacing yourself with the big G-O-D. Yeah. What? I know. hard to hear but so necessary. That is a major insight. Yeah. I'm scared. I don't know how to comment. Well, it, you know what, babe? And, and I'm I kidding. Had to do that. I've had to do that <clears throat> with a lot of situations. And I think if we all are really, let's just go ahead and just start, instead of identifying, instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm married to a control freak. Oh my gosh, I have to, you know, get out of it. That's why I have apathy and, and, and you know, oh my God, it's going to lead to, instead of worrying about that, just for a second. Let's go ahead and think about what it happens to, where are you controlling? Where is there a part where you could say, you could look within yourself and you could say, wow, when have I either tried to control my kids or control my parents or control my sister or control maybe my spouse? How, where am I doing that and how do I need to replace that need to fix them with a need for God? Amen, sister. Yeah. Preach it. No, so, because, so- well, all right. So what we're saying is if, you, if you're trying to release control, and, and frankly, by the way, this is both parties. This is for the person that is maybe the controller or the controlling one and then the one who is feeling control. Both of you got to release that stuff. You got to go, hey, God, you've got it. Somehow you can redeem me. You can redeem him. You can redeem her. So another way to release control is just having a, a an attitude of gratitude. An yeah. attitude of gratitude. I like that. I just made that up. <laughs> you don't seem as impressed. I, I would say making up those two words is not necessarily. Oh, I don't sure. mean making it up. I meant I just thought of so the rhyme. Yes. Attitude of yeah. yeah, so yeah. show gratitude. That is that's a powerful way to release control. Is just be thankful, be gracious. Yeah. Yes. And I tell and, people too. You know what Jesus is? Do you know what his solution is? If you're dealing with someone hyper controlling, what? Lay down your life and serve them. Because guess what? Now you're not controlling me. I'm getting to serve you. Boom. Yeah. Mic drop. Really, okay, that is really hard to do. At hey. Time. And so I'm just going to go ahead and push back just a tiny bit on no, that. No. I am tired. Okay, well, we'll sometimes... The, you yes, can push back. I'm messing with also, Jesus also went away and when he, when people wanted to keep yeah. him after him and stuff, he drew, he drew good boundaries. So yes. He was able to have some good self-care. No, all I'm saying, though, is when you take an attitude of 
self-sacrifice and service and laying down your life, that tends to weaken uh, feeling manipulated by others or feeling controlled by others because now it's becoming an act like Jesus. And now I'm getting to be more like Jesus. So it can take the sting of that away. It can take the bite of it away. But yes, you're right. Obviously, it's very healthy to have boundaries. So it doesn't mean you just have to sit there and take it. But you know what? I, I mean, you and I always get into these battles over these concepts. Jesus did it for me. I didn't well, earn it. And this I didn't the, do the right thing. Right. I wasn't acting healthy. So then he was, you know, it was like he did it because I wasn't. But so can I just tell that's you why the disciple. This, can I tell you why I think this is so important to people like you, for you to preach to or for you to speak that over people that are more like you? Because you actually you talk mean about. They're amazing. They're amazing, amazing people. You also talk about how, and I, this, these are your words, not mine. You also talk about how you have a little bit more like um, narcissism or self, you know, self-centeredness that is. is yeah, I don't, I don't have any self-awareness this morning. And so that's a part of why that is really great for people that kind of deal with that. Laying down. Right. If you're, just, if you're codependent. If you're codependent, yeah. more like kind of in a way more like me yes. it's harder for me to hear that because I need to be able to to be okay with wait a minute but what about what about <clears throat> my feelings what about my needs and not just giving I will say this as you were talking what what did give you know what did cue in for me is that there's sometimes when you're right giving someone a gift versus them taking it is a very different very different you get you are left very different. The end the end result is the person gets what they want. The difference is is do I give it with a happy heart or do I yeah. say you know what you can have this you you know what um, it's it's fine you can have that book you know say someone you know calls our office and you know not that they would ever do this and be dishonoring and controlling or whatever but that they they are given a book versus, you know, someone feeling like, oh, well, I deserved it. Well, one is, A, I'm setting up that person to have a grateful heart because I'm saying, you know what, you, I get it. You, you may feel like that you, you know, you deserve this book or whatever, but I'm giving it to you versus, you know, it being this big thing and then it becomes this big uproar and, and you don't, you don't need to do that. Yeah. the graciousness and, and accepting, you know, just the idea of accepting um, our own self-awareness and knowing what side of that pendulum kind of are we on. Are we on the side of, that we really, truly need to practice laying down our lives? We truly need to practice honoring someone and, and it not being about us. That's There's a whole spectrum of people that that is a, a truly a big challenge. And then there's an, another spectrum of, wait a minute, I need to be more self-aware Self-awareness is on both sides, but self-aware of that I do need to know the love of Christ for me so that I can stand up and say, you know what? That's not right. I don't need to be, that's dishonoring to me, which is also dishonoring to God. Well, and lastly, you can accept Jesus's grace if you are the controller person. And this is kind of that journey you've shared about recently that, hey, wait a minute, I'm not going to be defined as controller. Now, you don't obviously want to say that in the face or, you know, do that in an 
oh gosh, this is going to be a hard one for me to say, in, in an invalidating way. Right. However, your internal thoughts about yourself cannot be, oh, I'm terrible. Oh, I'm so controlling. Oh, I'm never going to get. No, it's accept Jesus's grace, what he did for you. That is not who you are. You are a child of the king and identify with that. Take on that identity and start purposefully shedding this this thing that that might be controlling and and reject that and say, no, that's not who I am. That's not who I desire to be. I desire to be gracious and uh, kind and serving. And that's who I am because of what Jesus did for me. So, yes. okay. So let me, you know, our producer. Yes. Slash daughter. Yes. She loves to write these scripts to try to yes. summarize the show. And she did another fantastic job, by the way. So I'm going to read that. And then we're going to get to a distraction of the day. You ready, lady? I'm ready. All right. So this is our producer. When we think of a controlling relationship, we often think of a dictator running around telling everyone what to do and where to go. However, in most relationships, this is simply not the case. Possessing control in a relationship is more of a question of wills than systematic oppression. As the controller, you may not even think you're being controlling. You probably just feel strongly that you are right about something. How crazy is that? She just nailed what you said. Yeah. Wow. That is really crazy. Yeah. We might have had some talks. Oh, typical. But (laughs) so you might feel strongly that you are right about something and are unwilling to compromise on it. This, my friends, is where the danger comes in. Jesus has called us as husbands and wives to submit to one another in everything. If you and your spouse find each other incapable of agreeing on even the smallest things, perhaps maybe, perhaps it's time to take a look at your own behavior, to change your thinking from, I wish they understood me, to how can I understand them? Once you start, yeah, once you- <laughs> I didn't know what those noises were in the background for. Sounds like, like my mind blowing. Yes. Sorry. Once you start looking at your relationship with your spouse as one of sacrifice and service, what? you will find yourself in a much happier place. You will realize that you don't always have to be right. If you reorient your thinking from a place of need to one of service, I promise you're going to see a huge difference in your relationship. Wow, that was good. That was so good. That was a good summary, and it just gets us right into a distraction of the day. So here it is. Got it. I warned you, you're never going to go to Disney again. Oh, no. Yeah. Disney theme parks have ranked among the world's most popular vacation spots, like, forever, right? Yes. But for some guests, the resorts are just a little bit more. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Like, uh... Permanent place of rest. Employees at Disneyland in Anaheim, California, and Walt Disney World in Orlando told the Wall Street Journal that the parks have become a favorite spot for visitors to scatter the cremated ashes of their loved ones. Oh my gosh, how funny. What in the heck? What are you doing? 
Oh, yeah, it was the happiest place on earth till I realized that dust in my eye was Uncle Fred. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's so funny. And, I mean, my father was cremated. I have ashes somewhere. My sister has them. My brother yeah, has a little bit now. He's, yeah. he's kind of spread out. But do you know, like, I don't want to ruin this for people, but those probably aren't even my father's ashes. Yes, they are. They're not. Yes, it's they probably are. wood and yes, chunks of other are. people all combined. No, they just scoop it out of the burner. Hey, hey, I'm so, I, that does not distract me from, from going to Disney. Oh, no, you. Really? Yeah, no. Uncle, no, uh-uh. So, no. so you're walking down, you're like, ooh, there's some I'm dust totally in my ice cream. I'm totally okay with That's that. That's Aunt no, Mary. I mean, dust, I, I, you know what? If that is the, ha and that gives them a happy memory, and they get to, you know, share that with Uncle Bob just one more time. Oh. I get a little dust in my eye. How do you casually even do that? Like, people. I totally would do that. If I see I someone doing it, I'm just screaming. oh. oh. I can almost guarantee you that my sister Susie, if she could, she would, uh, you know, yeah, that would be definitely a, she would, she leaves a part of her at Disney every year. Their family goes every single year or wants to go every single year. So, yeah, no, uh, that doesn't distract me. Well, out of, a, out of a fear of coming across controlling right now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm going to, no, no, me. I'm going to close this podcast episode with this final statement. I'm right, you're wrong.